love you. We bless you. We magnify you and we thank you. Hallelujah. For what your spirit is going to impart into our spirits today. In Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give it up for the Father. Raising up holy hands. Raise up those holy hands. Hallelujah. Remember that simple revelation. That simple revelation. When the priest lifted up his hands, he was transferred supernaturally into the Holy of Holies. I love clapping unto everyone, but I love raising holy hands unto the, my Father. Because I know the impact. I know the things that can take place in our personal lives when we do what the Bible says. Amen. I want to thank you guys for coming out. Awesome. Thank my lovely wife for always being there for her husband. Amen. That's so important for couples to know the importance of the wife. You know, that's one of my fortes, by the way, marriage. Um, I have many fortes when it comes to the word, but I love to teach on marriage. I've learned, I studied marriage for seven years. That's crazy, huh? Because I found myself in a place where I needed her and I didn't have her. And I thought I would lose her. So I needed to learn the truth about marriage because I understood that if I can just reflect back to the Father, His Word, He will keep her for me. And He kept her for me. Twelve and a half years separated from my lovely wife and she's here with me. And I'm the man that I am because of her. And I thank God for you. For her, and thank you for having me as one of your pastors here. We thank our pastor, senior pastor, Pastor D and Pastor Delgado and Marian for the opportunity. Amen. And I want to remind you that, like the pastor says, this is a year of strengthening. Where the Lord is strengthening us. But the Lord is just not strengthening us because he said this is a year of strengthening. We must understand something very important about strengthening. In Romans chapter 4 if we recall, Paul's talking about the life of Abraham in the wilderness, and he said these words. And Abraham strengthened himself in the Lord, giving thanks unto him, or giving glory unto him. And that's interesting. When you read that, you say, well, how could I strengthen myself giving glory to God? That means say glory, 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 glory. That's not going to strengthen you. And especially when it comes to faith, because faith is only strengthened based on Scripture two ways. The word and praying in the spirit. Romans 10, 17 and Jude verse 20. Two ways. You can't strengthen faith besides those two ways. You can say whatever you want to say, but Abraham stood at night, looked at the stars and said, Lord, you said like the stars of the heavens. And in the day he stood at the sand, the seaside and looked and said, you said like the sand of the sea. And his faith was strengthened by reminding God of his promises. This is a year to remind God of what he promised you. Keep reminding God, strength yourself, and you're going to see God work mighty things in our lives. Amen. Amen. God is good. Also, I want to, before I begin breaking down the last part of this series, which I think has been awesome, let me see the hands of those that have received. Amen. We're learning some good stuff, huh? Thank you, Holy Ghost. Um, one of the things, on Thursday, the 24th, this month, next week, we're gathering in this place, uh, this week, this week coming up, that's right, this week, on Thursday, with Pastor Peter, the pastor of the men's ministry, um, and he's given me the opportunity to impart into the men. So, I want you guys to come out. 
It's in Spanish, but I want you guys, those that are bilingual, to come out, man, and receive from the Lord. We're going to be speaking to our lives, to men. We're going to deal with men. We're speaking about developing or, I'm going to use the word developing, developing a culture of royalty in men. In men. Men is important in the house. Very important. Very important. Because, yeah, I'm married, I'm a man, I'm the man of the house. Yeah, but you need to know how to become a man. Because the world was without form and void. And the spirit of God moved. But it was, it was, was means to become. Just because you're a man doesn't qualify you. But you're qualified by the word to become the man God called you to be. So my exhortation is come out and bless us. Your presence is going to bless us. Bless us, and we're going to be able to impart into each and every one. Amen? Okay. Let's see how we do this. Um, those that know me know that I start, but it's hard to finish, man. It's just so hard to wrap up once you know him so well. We've been speaking about, what was that title again? You guys remember? The Father's Love and Conflict. El Amor del Padre en Conflicto. I love it in Spanish. Because we have this conflict that he loves me today, but tomorrow he doesn't. That's why I'm totally against that verse that we apply today in Matthew 22, 37. I, I'm sure you guys all know it. Love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. But today I don't love myself. So, sorry, get out of my way. I don't love me today. Do you understand? We thank God that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Ghost, Romans 5, 5. And then we got Philippians to back up what I'm going to say, verse 9, chapter 1, verse 9, that says that love increases or overabound through knowledge. So the more we know about a good father, the more we start expressing love towards people. That according to our mindset, they're not worthy to be loved. But God loves them. Listen, we point out sin so much, unfortunately, that everything's a sin. Uh, I came to church, and I didn't do, I didn't sin today, but he did, because I was this weekend with him, and he did this and this and this. Listen, the Bible says, just to wrap up sin, so you understand, the Bible says that knowing to do good and not do it is a sin. How many things we don't do that we should be doing, and we don't call them sin just because you don't know? Thank God that love exceeds knowledge. So it's always better to preach a word that's not going to give you knowledge of sin. Romans 3.20, right? That's going to reveal to you that you've been reconciled back to him because he didn't take into account your sins. So let's talk more about the king instead of sin. It's going to help us. It's going to help us. The more he reigns in our lives, the less sinners we become. Anyway, bless the Lord. I thought I had to throw that out there. Somebody needs to hear that. Say it again. It becomes so easy to judge, be judgmental when you're living the life 
My children are in high school, man. My children are in college. And, you know, they're walking the perfect life. They all go to church. But what happens when your children fail? One of yours fail. What happens then? Sometimes we go through things in life. I, I feel this is prophetic. Things in life because you have to learn how to love those that you feel are unworthy to be loved because they didn't live the life you're living. So we end up going through a situation in our lives so we can learn how to love the people that were unlovable, if you will. They're not worthy to be loved because of what they're doing. We have all have to experience sometimes in our lives in order for us to know how much God cares. I said last week to you guys, it's so hard to hear someone stand in a pulpit and judge me while I'm sitting when God doesn't do it to me. You don't know how many times in the past, years ago back, I preached with pride in my heart. Unconsciously. I was just doing it because, hey, I thought it was the right thing to do. Then I realized, wow, that was pride because God don't do that to me. So I'm telling them I got a better way to do it than you. If I can produce fear in them, they'll stay in church. If I can condemn them and make them feel inferior, they'll come to church. That's not how you win people over. It's called love. The only thing that sustains all things is love. That's the only thing that's going to go through the fire. And all it's going to do is be purified. I don't know who God wanted to say that to. Somebody here needs to hear that. That's not even part of my message. But anyway, let me see if we can start this. Let's start this. I might be able to read a couple of verses. But let's let the Lord minister. That's not pride. That's called assurance. Confidence in the God that I serve. Let's go to John chapter 1, verse 18 on the screen, please. And I thank you guys again for coming out. Kathy and the group, you guys are awesome. Awesome, 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 awesome. Awesome. I was just telling my wife about you. There's something so special in your life, man. You know, I'm not, I know you like worshiping and stuff, but um, time's coming where you're going to have to let it go and start doing something else. And that's stand behind a pulpit. God is good. Look at this verse. I want to read this verse. No man has seen God. Jesus is lying. If you study the Bible and know scripture, not understanding it, it's full totality when it comes to the counsel of God, you would say he's lying. You know why you would say he's lying? Look at the verse again. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, he has declared him. Wait, but according to, wait, 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 wait. How about Genesis chapter 18? Abraham, not only seen the angel of the Lord, which is called in Genesis 18, Jehovah from earth that called out on Jehovah from heaven. Are you guys here? Not only that, the Bible says in the same context that Abraham fed God. He cooked for him a meal. 
In the same context, Sarah also had a relationship with that same God that Jesus says no man has seen him. You jump to Exodus chapter 33, verse 11, it says Moses saw God face to face. Prior to that, Jacob in chapter 28 saw God. I don't know. This is like, Pastor, what are you saying? Interesting, right? Then you got Gideon that saw God. And there's other peoples that saw God in the Bible. The problem is, it's not that they saw God. It's that they didn't see him fully. And just because I don't know your heart doesn't mean I have the right to misjudge you. So God has a dark side only because I don't know him and his fullness. No, he don't have a dark side. God is light. And there's no darkness in him at all. At all. None whatsoever. But we misjudge God because... No one has seen him. Yes, they just didn't see him like Christ saw him. He knows the heart. That's why he can only do what you and I and the Jews didn't understand. Touch the lepers. Sit down with sinners. Don't judge no one. Because I know the father that you say you know and you don't know him. Can I teach you today? Just a little deeper. Just a little deeper. We misjudge a loving father just because we read the cover but haven't read or the title, but we haven't read the book. You know how many times as a pastor I've been misjudged? Oh, well, he thinks. He thinks he knows the Bible. Oh, no, I don't know the Bible. I know the word. You might know the Bible. I know the word. That's why when you see these philosophers and these in colleges that are misleading through their teachings, that don't bother me. Why? Because I know the Word. They know the Bible. You can mistranslate the Bible, but you can't mistranslate the Word. That's called Rema. Rema is revealed. It's a sword. It's the sword that I use to fight against the lies. He told Timothy, use your prophetic Word as your sword against the lies. We're being lied to every day. And you know the sad thing is that the people that God will raise up to impart into your life, those are the people that you first resist. Immediately you start judging the appearance. And what you think is right and should be wrong, uh, should be right or should be wrong. And you lose sight of the heart that God's bringing them over to take you to another level. I want you to grow. I want you to see me. Because if I give you wrong eschatology, wrong faith will be produced. And you will live with fear instead of, listen, you can't have, you can't have intimate relationship with somebody you don't feel safe with. Wait, that's your boyfriend? Yeah, but I'm so careful with him. How could you have intimate relationship with somebody that you're not safe with? You don't feel safe. My wife feels safe for her husband. She knows her husband cares for her. And no matter what happens, if I have to have two jobs to provide, I would do it for her. She feels secure, safe. She has total confidence. My husband is there. 
just like a child. You might not have the best relationship with your kids. But your kids have to know deep inside that I, all they got to say is, Papi. Hey, your husband might reject you, deny you, kick you out. Papi will take you in. There's always a room for my kids. We need to get this right. And when it comes to the heart of the Father and understanding the heart of the Father, my wife judged me last week. She said, you, well, you were too slow. I said, because I have so much to share. If I rush it, it's not going to work. And this is not me. You guys, those that know me, my family know me. Ain't, ain't no joke when it comes to, it's just verse after verse. Not because I'm, it's just because I have my intimate relation daily with the king. That's what I'm trying to challenge you to do. I want to challenge my nephew, get closer. Hey, Theo, how you get this? Get closer. And it comes. It just bursts in your spirit and you're like. Now, Jesus knew the father. He knew him. You know how many times we've judged God because of events are taking place in the world? You know how many times we've used the COVID to say that it's over? Maybe the COVID is a challenge to see where you're at. Where are you? The COVID shouldn't move you. And yeah, we're deeply grieved for those families that love lost loved ones. We are. But understand, it's not just what took place. Maybe it's a challenge for us as believers. Man, something is producing fear in me. Fear doesn't come just from the outside. Fear is stirred up by the outside. You have to deal with the fear within. If you can destroy the enemy within, the enemy without would not hurt you. We have enemies all around us, but it shouldn't hurt us if we destroy the enemy within. And unfortunately, we have a great giant within us that we're not waking up. Greater is he that's in us than him that's in the world. Sometimes we're in a ship, and the waves are hitting against the ship, and what we're doing? We're going to perish. Hey, but wake up, Jesus. The king's with you. He's greater than anything in the world. We keep him asleep because we need to wake him up. The problem is somebody's giving me something that's causing me, listen, too much sugar. You know, my grandkids are, um, um, <clears throat> my daughter's training my grandkids, um, the health factor. You don't need at this time too much sugar. So every time I, t I tell my little granddaughter, hey, mommy, here, I will, does that have a lot of sugar? Um, that has too much sugar. How about this? Is, it, is this protein? Like if they're working out, I'm like, man, I, I work out. What are you doing? But too much sugar will cause you to sleep. There's too much carbs being preached into our lives. So we're falling asleep. And God says, what happened is you have, I've got to get off that subject. Let me get off that subject. That's a dangerous subject. But sometimes we're sleeping, God wants to Rewake us. Amen. Let, let's start breaking down some scriptures so we can. Um, Jesus says something very important all through scriptures. We read the Bible. And John, John I'm going to read John just to give some verses out so you guys can, you know, respect that I do read the Bible. Um, John 14, 8. I'm going to read in my Bible here. It's going to be a lot easier. 
John 14, 8. I want to read from verse 8 through 10. And I want you to see something very important. It says here, Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it suffices us. Verse 9, Jesus said unto him, Has I, have I been so long a time with you, and yet has thou not known me, Philip? Wow. He that has seen me has seen the Father, not God. You got to hear this. He didn't say God. He said the Father. Because you know God. But not the real God. Because the Father and God are one. But you know the God that they portray to you through words. Not the true God. Which is a Father. He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how saith thou? Show us the Father. Believe thou, not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he does the work. Oh, so what do you mean he does the work? Yeah, I speak and he does the work. But everything that I see that you do, Jesus, is contrary to what God, according to man's interpretation, did in the Old Testament. Then he said in John 5, 19, he said this. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. Wait, but what does the Father do? Follow me. For what things soever he does, these also the Son likewise do. So the Son does what he sees the Father do. But we judge the Father... As being contrary to Jesus and his works. Why? Because according to what we've learned in the past is that God is a God of judgment. And I just said something very important based on the worship, the last worship song. Listen, mercy triumphs over judgment. Judgment in the Greek is the, it's the word crisis or crisis, which means separation. Well, I'm going to separate in my conscience from the Father so you'll never feel separated again. Not that you were separated, but Adam saw himself separated and hid himself because he thought God was going to burn him. God wasn't going to hurt you for what you did. You just hurt the wrong person. So I'm going to undress you, and I'm going to dress you with sheep clothing so now my sheep can hear my voice. If you keep hearing the wrong word, you're going to misinterpret a good father. This is very important because I want you to build faith, not perverted faith. There's faith that's called fear, and we call it faith. Things are getting worse. The Bible says in 1 Peter 3.10, to love life and see good days, you must keep your tongue from speaking evil. The word evil means from a bad nature. You don't have a bad nature, but you just have residues from it. So you have to separate yourself from people. That are Biblicans, if you will. And start walking with Christians. People that are Christ-like. That know him. Listen, we must understand. The word will produce a faith. Watch this. A faith that will cause misinterpretation of who God is. Words create images. God said, let us make man in our image. What he's saying, I'm going to speak to create the image of a man in me so now I can form him and breathe into his nostrils. 
Words create images. Sometimes the things we hear just because they come from the Bible doesn't mean it's a word. I know this sounds crazy, but the Bible, the devil spoke. Job said, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. The Lord didn't take nothing away. But we believe what Job said, not what God says. We need to know the word, not the Bible. I'm going to say it again. The word in the Bible. So you understand. Listen, the Bible says in John 3, 16, God so loved the world. That in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, it says, Husband, love your wife like Christ loved the church. Wait, but you love the world. Yes, I love the whole world and I died for it. That I took out of a world, out of the world, a church. I'm going to sanctify her, set her apart for me. Then I'm going to send her back into the world. He still loves the world. He just took from the world 12 disciples and said, let me prepare you to send you out. Very important. We're getting close to the end. I mean the time. Not the end, the time. I'm going to quote a scripture that I think is very important. Have you guys read 1 Kings chapter 19? From verse 12, and, well, from verse, you can read it from verse 8 and on. But it says something in verse, in, important in first, like verse, I'm going to say verse 10 through 12. It says that Elijah was in the mount of Horeb in a cave. And suddenly a strong wind blew. And it says, and God wasn't in the wind. Then an earthquake. And God wasn't in the earthquake. Then fire, and God wasn't in fire, but in a small, still voice. We're trying to find God and let God speak through nature, and God's saying, listen, I'm trying to speak through that small, still voice. Can you hear me? You're not understanding me because you're judging me based on the things you see and you hear with the outer ear. I want you to hear with the inner ear. The first member of the first organ if you will that's developed inside the fetus in the mother's what do you think it is the inner ear and the last one to seize when the person already passes away is the inner ear that's why Jesus says the dead shall hear my voice that's why they resurrect because you speak to their ear hey listen it's not time yet he's up there and he's hearing Whoa, it's not time yet. This is important. We must hear what God is saying. God is not in none of this. We have today, and I'm not being critical. Please don't judge me for this. I'm not being critical, but we, got a, we have a lot of modern-day prophets today that have the gift of prophecy, and some are called as prophet. I have the gift of prophecy. I'm not a prophet. I'm a teacher called to pastor that prophesies. We have many modern-day prophets today that are, that, who remembers Katrina? Katrina devastated New Orleans. What, were the, what, what came out of these men's mouth? Because of the homosexuals. Listen, I don't care what you think or what I think. That's not important. What the word says is what's important. But you know what gets me is when you do a search and study what took place in reality... Bourbon Street was not affected where the homosexuals walk day and night. Baby, you said God sent the hurricane. Why he didn't send that to San Francisco, bro? 
why the marginalized, the poor, the needy were more affected than the homosexuals? Because you don't understand the heart of a good father. Stop interpreting God your way. When he goes through San Francisco, then I got a question. Whoa, that was you? It doesn't matter what I believe or what you believe. What matters is the heart of the father. He's a good God, period. You judge homosexuals probably because none have gone in your life or through your family. But how about one that has a family member that's a homosexual? Huh? How you feel if they talk like that about your son or your daughter? Because we don't know the heart of the father. When you know the heart of the father, you stop judging people. Period. They're humans. Hey, listen, knowing how to do good and not do it is a sin. You're probably more of a sinner than a homosexual based on what you think. We need to stop. We need to know his heart. I'm trying to get you to comprehend the father's heart. We don't know his heart. I got to wrap this up because of the time. Quickly, Romans chapter 12. I, I want to wrap it up. I have something the Lord laid on my spirit for next week. And I know God wants me to finish. Romans chapter 12. Take me to verse 19, please. I want to read some, something quickly. Because this is the way God judges. And this is the way God manifests his wrath. But this is not the way we do it. Look at this verse. You guys want to read it? Read it out loud because I don't have my glasses. Come on, read it out loud. Let's go. Out loud, Isaac. Come on. Don't avenge yourself. What? Give place to what? Wrath. Okay, keep reading. So vengeance is the Lord, right? Okay, let's see how he does it. Next verse. Therefore... You know why they use coals for in the Old Testament in Isaiah chapter 6? To purify. Maybe by you loving those that are thirsty and hungry that you call enemies, maybe God will feed them and purify them. No, we use this verse to say, hey, listen, God said he would judge. Yeah, but read the next verse. Why you read one verse? Read the following verse. One more verse and we got... Wait, hold on. Hold on. I got to look up. I have a, a timer up here, people. You know, Ernie's got to preach with timers. I love to teach, so it's kind of hard. You know what I mean? I, but it's awesome, right, that we have time to really impart. One more verse. Where, oh, there's one up here that I didn't even know, man. Counting down. That means I have 11 minutes. That one's wrong, bro. Can't follow that one. Yeah, it's about right. Another verse that I think is important. Take me to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I want to read verse 14, 14 through chapter 7, verse 1. How about that? I want you to see this and follow me. I'm going to read it slowly. You guys just follow me. First, 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 7, 1. This is very, very, very important, very, very impacting if we consider who he's talking to. Sometimes we read the verse. We don't even know the original audience. And we're establishing a doctrine thinking he's speaking to a Cuban. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not a Cuban culture, dude. You know, let's get this right. This is important. You know, we're family here, right? This is important to know this. 
Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? Next verse. And what concord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said. This is Old Testament quote. Do Gentiles know this? That's Old Testament quote. They don't know this. Jews know this. Very important. Yeah, he, yeah he's writing to the Corinthians. Do you know who he was writing to at that specific time? The book of Romans has a mixture of Jews and Gentiles. If you read chapter 11, he's talking to, the, to who? To the Gentiles. He's not talking to the Jews. You read chapter 9, he's talking to the Jews. That's called studying the Bible. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. This is God. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean things, and I will receive. You guys are not getting this. He's saying you must come out from amongst them that have the mindset of the law. Come out from amongst them because there's Jews around you that are causing you to go back into the law. And you guys are misinterpreting a good father. Because they don't see me as a good father. They see me as a God that avenges men. I want you to understand that's not me. But you got to come out from amongst them and I will receive you. Watch this. And I will be a father unto you. Why? Because I was always a God to them. They didn't know me as the father. When I taught them to pray, I said, pray this way. Our father. Why our? Because you think he's only your God. He's a father to all men. They just didn't know him as a father. And it says, I will be a father unto you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Next verse. Having therefore these promises. What promises? That you, if you leave the mindset, I will receive you as sons and I will become a father to you. I've never stopped being a father, but you won't understand me as a father unless you come from that mindset. Get out from amongst them that are teaching you the law because the law doesn't reveal me as a father. The law was never God's intention. Listen, there's one more verse I want to read, and I think this verse is powerful. I, I don't know if I quoted or read it to you guys, but here he says, Come, having these promises, dear beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness and the what? And the what? Why flesh and then spirit? I thought it was spirit then flesh. Because the law activates the flesh. If you get your, the law away from you, you won't activate the flesh. And then I can start working from inside out, not from outside in. The law is from outside in. Jesus is from inside out. Let me wrap it up. Job. Take me to Job 42 quickly. I want to read verse 5. And let's read down until we stop. I'll tell you when to stop. I don't know exactly which verse, but there's a couple of verses here that I think is important. Job, if you read the life of Job from chapter 5 and on, you realize he had certain friends that were constantly, constantly judging him for his wrongdoings. They thought that the things he was going through was because God is judging them for wrong. And God starts talking to Job and says, I have heard of thee. This is Job talking to God. Said, I have, God spoke to him in chapter 40. Okay, this is important. 
This is chapter 42. God starts speaking to Job. you got to understand the book. And he says, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. Why? Because what I heard is not what I'm seeing. you got to hear me. Job is saying in the Hebrew, what I heard is not what I see. Somebody misled me. Next verse. Wherefore I abhorred myself and repented dust of ashes. And it was so that after the Lord has spoken these words, that word words is the word, the bar in the Hebrew, which is the equivalent word in the Greek to remma. Reveal word, not the Bible. The word. The Bible is the Bible. You can have it in your house. You can sleep under it as a pillow. You can do whatever you want. It's the Bible. You need a word from the Lord. And it was so that after the Lord has spoken these words unto Job, the Lord said unto Eliphaz, the Temanite, My wrath is kindled against thee and against thy two friends, for ye have not spoken of me the things that is right. What you told my servant Job about me, you don't know me. How dare you tell him that I'm an evil God. And against thy two friends, for you have not spoken of me the things that are right. That word right means established. It's the same word that appears in Isaiah 54, 14. If you're established in righteousness, fear shall be, oppression should be far from you because you fear not. So if you're established, there's no reason why you should fear. But if somebody speaks contrary, I'm afraid. The things that are right, as my servant Job has. Next verse. Therefore, take unto thee now seven, okay, he prayed for him. Next verse. And the Lord healed him. So Elizabeth the Temanite and Bela and Shuhi went and did according as the Lord commanded them. The Lord also accepted Job 10. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he before. Wait, but what do you mean he prayed for and they taught me wrong about you, Lord? Yeah, but I need you to pray for them because I care for them too. I don't just care for you, Job. I'm a good father. They told you something that was not right about me. But now you see that I'm a good father. So I must continue to be a good father. Go pray for them because I want to not only heal you, I care for them. 